Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 48, Growing Up. Before today's episode, I went looking for the journals I kept when I went to Europe in 2000. I wanted to see what I had written about our trip to Bayeux all those many years ago. I wanted to maybe share with you any insights I had gleaned, both from viewing the tapestry in person and also the Commonwealth Cemetery. I thought that would provide a nice, rounding touch to finishing off the tapestry this week on Remembrance Day. Instead, I ended up disappointed in myself. Instead of some deep insight or description of the tapestry and cemetery, what I got was a whole load of early 20s angst, self-importance, and intolerance. I remember that trip. I remember doing a lot of thinking, being awed by a lot of things, taking a lot of stares, taking a few chances, but overall learning to rely on myself. What I don't remember... What is recorded in the pages of my journal was how very silly, young, and immature I apparently was. I did not expect that, coming back to the journals now 14 years later. It doesn't seem to me that that much time has passed since then, and I feel like I am, in a lot of ways, the same person I was then, but apparently a lot has changed. I was baffled as I read some of the entries, not comprehending that it was me that wrote it, but being unable to deny that it was. I carted those books around Europe. It was my handwriting. It was definitely me. Somewhere along the line, I grew up. Or maybe it's a better thing to say that I am continuing to grow up. In ten years, I may look back on the first episodes of this podcast and cringe, just as I'm doing right now rereading my Europe journals. My 23-year-old self seems a stranger. Will my 36-year-old self be equally estranged to me at 47? It isn't often we're confronted so clearly with evidence of our own change. For me, it's these journals. For Mike, it is in the reactions of people who knew him growing up in Calgary. It is in the smile I give him when he says, I love to cook, considering what a fight it was in the early days of our relationship to get him to even help out in the kitchen at all. And it is in his own acknowledgement of his changed reaction to things, like turning down the quote-unquote free iPad mini when we upgraded my cell phone this past week. Time passes, and for most of us, change happens, whether we perceive it or not. I still have the first yarn I ever spun. I haven't done anything with it, considering it's thick, lumpy, uneven, and about 15 yards if I had to guess. I also have the second and third, and by then I started to get the hang of it a little better. But that maturity of skill only came with time and practice. Myself at 23, really, that was my first skein of yarn. I was playing at maturity, but I didn't have the muscle memory for it yet. It exhibits in my journals as slubs of self-pity pretending to be introspection. Thin spots of impatience and intolerance towards those who did not have the same reverence for the place as I thought I had. And the inconsistent twist of thinking that I was the center of the universe. 
I look at those writings, and while I am disappointed that I don't have anything from that time that I can share with you without being wholly embarrassed, I have to acknowledge the special beauty of beginner yarn. Some people try and assuage beginners, beginning spinners by telling them, in the midst of their disappointment with producing something slubby and uneven, that they have created art yarn. They haven't. As Abby Frankmont says, art yarn is carefully planned, meticulously spun, solid, and reproducible. It comes with maturity as a spinner, and beginner yarn isn't it. But beginner yarn is still beautiful. Beginner yarn is a record of acquiring a new skill, of taking those first tentative steps towards becoming a spinner, and producing a tangible result. It is beautiful in its immaturity, because you can see the first lessons in drafting and inserting twists taking hold. They may not be under control yet, and they may not be applied consistently, but the will and the desire are there, and with time, that person will find their skills growing to match their desires and become the spinner they want to be. I spent 15 weeks backpacking around Europe 14 years ago. I carted around a bunch of rolls of film from my 35mm camera, clothes and shoes for most seasons, lemma, and two journals. Lemma came out of the trip a little worse for wear after being stuffed into backpacks for that long, and I went through several ink cartridges from my pen, pouring out my soul onto the page at the same time as keeping a record of the things I did and the places I went. From my seat here 14 years later, I can see all the flaws in my thinking, in my reactions, and in myself. But I can also see, here and there, the yearning to be better, to strive for a greater understanding of self and the world, and the first acknowledgments that I had a lot of growing up to do. It is beginner yarn, and it is beautiful for those tentative first steps. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. Well, the good news on the level four front is I've actually finished all the exercises for module D2, which is the acid dyeing exercise. It, uh, that one, you had to make a whole bunch of samples out of the yarn that uh, you dyed in class. And, uh, and so that's what I did the last couple weeks. I made my color wheel, uh, the swatch, I'd finished that off last week. Um, I also had to do a small project out of the percentage dyed yarns that we did. Now, there was a bit of a mix-up there uh, in class. Some of our percentage dyed skeins ended up in the color wheel and vice versa. So for the darkest percentage skeins, I only had six yards each instead of ten. And that was for four skeins. So, you know, that, that brought the amount of yarn I had to work with down quite a bit. I had 64 yards of yarn to to do something with. And, and I'd done Tussa Silk. So I was like, what, what do I do with 64 yards of Tussa Silk? But there was a, a collar in one of the issues of spinoff from last year. Was both, there was both a summer and a winter version. Now, the summer version uh, only took like 40-some-odd yards of yarn, and the winter version took 80. Well, I still had some undyed uh, of the Tussa that 
um, that I still had. So I supplemented my 64 yards with a little bit of undyed. And it turned out beautiful for the winter collar. Now I didn't do beads all the way down. I just did beads on the border. And then I had, uh, I went looking for buttons and found four pewter buttons that were big enough for the button, uh, the button clasp at the back. They're a little heavy because it's, it's like fingering white silk. (laughs) The fabric is, (laughs) the buttons probably weigh more than the whole collar, but, uh, but it holds on pretty good. So it's in my binder. I'm half tempted to take the collar out of my binder and wear it all winter, but it's really, really beautiful. I I really like the percentage dyeing. I'm not so fond of the 0.1% strength. It's very pastel and I'm not a very pastel kind of person, but, but I definitely can see the utility of it. So, and then of course at the, at the darker end, you could barely tell the difference between the colors. It's there. You have to look for it, but, uh, but it's there. So I'm quite happy with it. Then I also uh, made up a project for my injection dyed skeins. Now the book says to describe a project that can be done with one or both. I decided just to do one. I'll describe it in a in this week. I have to do all the writing for that module, but uh, but I'll describe it. What I did was I found a little crocheted, I guess you could call it a coaster, um, that took the forty yards of yarn. And I used my ball injection dyed skein in the middle because there was still, it was very patchy. There was still uh, quite a bit of the plain tussa showing. And then I used my skein dyed injection dyed skein uh, around the outside. So it really tied it all together. Um, The bad part is that because it's so multicolored, you actually lose some of the pattern. And that's the same with any really, really highly colored um, multicolored yarn. You're going to lose the pattern and it has to be a simple pattern or you're going to just, you can't see it for all the colors. But overall, I think it worked out quite nicely and uh, and I'm pretty happy with it. Then the last thing we had to do was spin up a skein from our rainbow dyed uh, fleece. And I did that and it's all measured and it's in my book and I've started my spreadsheet of yarn uh, statistics for level four. I didn't get much further than that, though. Um, towards the middle of last week, I uh, saw my doctor, and uh, on top of getting uh, an extension on my four-day weeks, he also put me on uh, medication, prescription medication, once a day. Um, side effects include nausea, <laughs> occasionally vomiting, which I haven't gotten to yet, thank goodness. Um, and various other nasty things. So I have been really fighting the last four days with uh, just trying to eat. And uh, yesterday, I did absolutely nothing all day. And I know I shouldn't feel guilty about that, especially because I'm not like, I mean, I'm on a deadline for level four. I am on a deadline for level four, but the deadline is eight months away. So if I need to give up a Saturday because I am feeling completely done, I think I can give up a Saturday. Anyway, I 
spun up one single of the white yarn for module D1, which is the um, uh, blending blending module. Uh, this today, before I did our Christmas letter. And uh, it shouldn't take too much yarn. I got about 420 inches out of one little bat off of the cards. So I just have to spin up the other tomorrow, apply them together, wash them, and make sure that once it's washed and dried, I have enough yardage, in which case I'll weigh it, and then I can start doing the blending with the black. And make my seven shades of gray. So it's going to be fun. I'm really interested to see how how it all turns out. Like we did the optical blending in level two, but this is just monochromatic. So it's going to be interesting to see the different levels as we go through. And it's, it's a good, you know, it's a good exercise too, because you can use that sort of percentage system if you're going to do shades of a color by hand blending, right? So you'd grab, you know, you grab your, your red and your yellow and you could do the same thing there, although red really takes over the yellow. So probably a better idea is blue and red. It'd be an interesting, you know what? This isn't my idea for a level six project, but it would be an interesting level six project to do. The, like the whole color wheel, but around in the in the percentage system for the black and whites that we're doing here in level four. So if anybody out there is looking for a level six project and likes blending, there's one for you. So it's that's not mine. I, I have another idea. I still have to think about it, but um, but I have another idea. So yeah, there you go. Free level six project for anybody who wants it. Um, the good news is that the nausea is better today. I'm hoping that the, the, everybody, the pharmacist and the doctor both said that it would fade within one to two weeks. I'm hoping that's the case. Um, I'm still waiting to see if it actually works for what it's meant to work for. But got to give it a shot, right? But I do have uh, four day weeks now while I'm trying to get a handle on everything. And it'll be nice to sit down on Wednesdays, do a little bit of work on level four, and have a nap. So that's Fiber Week for this episode. There'll be more spinning, less knitting in the next update. Fiber Notes. You know, I can't believe it's only been just over a couple of weeks since I cast on the branching out shawl because I believe it was Thursday I was knitting on it and really was getting close to the end of the ball of yarn and thought I might make it I might make it and then did one row and had just like the outside loops of my little ball left and went nope I still have four more rows I have probably enough for maybe one possibly not even that. So I didn't make it. And, and I mean, I was like, well, I'll just start with the black right away. But again, you know, I add three rows of a lot of stitches onto that. And I may run out of the black right at the end of the, uh, of the shawl. So what I did was I called up the loop in Calgary as, uh, 
we're going to be down there next weekend and said, I know it's a long shot, but, uh, I emailed them and I said, I know it's a long shot, but do you have, I, I, I bought this kit from you last year about this time. And, uh, or rather my mother-in-law bought it, but they didn't need to know that. Uh, um, I've run out of yarn. Do you have this color? And on a really long shot, do you have this dye lot? They wrote back same day, said, we have the color. We don't have the dye lot. And I said, well, it's three rows, possibly three and a half. It won't make too much of a difference on the dye lot at that point. So put it aside for me. I'll come get it. So now I'm kind of stuck on the, uh, on the branching out shawl. And I really enjoyed it. And I mean, it got really big, really fast, but it's very pretty. I don't even have to look at the pattern right now anymore because it's just so easy, easy to get through, like easy to memorize. And, and I'm really enjoying the knit and I can't wait to block it. The, just the shape of it is, is amazing. I'm, really looking forward to seeing how it sits on the shoulders. So, so yes, I'm kind of stalled this week until I can get to the loop and pick up my skein of yarn, but I will still most likely have this by Christmas. Now I didn't block the star maiden shawl this past week. I had other things on my mind, but, um, I'll probably block them both at the same time. I have enough mats and wires to do them both. So once I'm done branching out, then I will do the blocking on both of those. In the meantime, I guess this week I'll uh, I'll work on my plain socks because that's a that's a good thing to work on. I mean, I, if I feel like knitting a shawl, I've got ethereal still, so I can work on that. But it's winter now; the snow has finally fallen. We've hit minus twenty Celsius. And, uh, and another pair of hand knit wool socks would be very nice at this point. So socks it is. I also started a project on my e-spinner. I wanted to do some fun spinning. And especially since my doctor basically gave me a prescription to spin and knit more. (laughs) I, uh, I started a, uh, I just went into my fiber stash and was pulling a few things out and I found, uh, Something I just bought a couple of years ago, I think. I don't even remember when I bought it, but it's a uh, something from Lynn Anderson, West Coast Dye Works. I had an interview with her just before this year's Fiber Week that I had on the podcast. Um, it's in it's in this beautiful array of reds and maroons with a little bit of gray, which is quite interesting. But it's um, merino silk and yak. Oh my, it is soft and pretty and it spins up so fine. I've probably spent at least three hours on it so far, at least, and I've barely touched it. It's 119 grams. So I need to spin up 60 of it on one bobbin, 60 of it on another, well, 59. But it's going to be, it's going to be lace weight when it's finished. So it's beautiful and I'm really enjoying it. I got my battery. So now I can, if I want to, I can just take my e-spinner anywhere and spin, which is, which is also really good. I don't have to say, oh, can I have that chair because it's right next to the plug-in? No, I can just pull out my battery and spin away. So I took it to work 
uh, last Friday, spun on my lunch break a little bit, and that was really nice. But it's going to take a lot of work because, like I said, it's spinning up super fine and 119 grams of super, super fine plus plying. I think I'm going to be working on this until well into the new year, but we'll definitely see. It's nice to be able to have something that, you know, I can just do. I can do it by feel and I can do it in the dark and I can take it, uh, you know, I can just spin. Don't have to think about it. Not like, uh, not like this master spinner homework, which is fun in its own way. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, but the fun spinning is relaxing. So it's beautiful. I love it. I'm kind of sad that she can't reproduce her colorways because this would be a nice one to be able to have a little more of, but we'll see what kind of yardage I get out of it. So that's what I've been working on. I'll, uh, Hopefully, I mean, I'll definitely get the extra skein of yarn from uh, from the loop, and uh, there'll be enough for either you know a matching pair of socks or fingerless mitts or something. I'll I'll find something to to do with the rest of it, and um, probably not next episode though. I don't think it'll be finished by then because there's still the border to do, and there's a lot of stitches on the needle, and the border also increases in and of itself. So. Yeah, so I think I'll be working on these for a little while longer. By the wayside. It didn't take as long as I thought to finish the tapestry. I actually, you know, probably at the end of the day, that bird only took me maybe three hours. And then it was done on Remembrance Day. Now, as I was working on it, I spent a lot, a lot of time thinking about our trip to Bayeux, um, seeing both the tapestry and the cemetery for World War II. And uh, that's why I went looking for my journals. But um, Bayeux itself is something very special. And I would very much like to go back. <laughs> Especially with slightly less, slightly more mature eyes. It, uh, it was definitely something else. And, uh, and working on the tapestry and finishing the tapestry, especially on Remembrance Day, was kind of circular. It, uh, it felt good. And then I sent a text to Nathan with a picture and said, happy, (laughs) don't remember now graduation slash housewarming slash wedding slash housewarming slash birthday slash Christmas because really that's what it is now it's it's a 14 year project and and yeah really I've only been working on it now these past two years and I I'll grant you that but uh, but there's a lot of steps along the way between when when I first got it and now that it's finished so I've washed it, I've ironed it. <laughs> I'd forgotten a lot about, you know, linen and, and uh, stitching linen. Um, or maybe I never knew it. Um, what I found was I, like, I, I washed it and I pinned it out to dry and like, oh, I'll just iron out the rest of it. Yeah. 
um, I had to actually make it wet again to get all the wrinkles out, which I hadn't remembered from doing <laughs> that before. And maybe it's because it's a 50 count piece of fabric, but anyway, it worked out. It took me about, <laughs> took me about an hour to iron the thing, but, uh, but I got it. And now it's just all rolled up, waiting to go down to Calgary and be presented. So that is the end of By the Wayside, at least for the tapestry. I certainly have a whole bunch of other projects that I could do. I was considering, I have a project that's actually older than the tapestry. I remember working on it in uh, Ottawa, my first work term. It's a cross-stitch piece called The Accolades, based on E.B. Lighton's painting of the same name. And uh, all the cross-stitching is done, all the back-stitching is left. Uh, the problem being that the, cart- the chart is coloured, so you can't tell what colour is supposed to go where. And uh, uh, me and back-stitching have a bit of a relationship. And I'm not sure I can face it right now. But I have other projects, and I asked my sister as well, because I know she has at least one cross-stitch project that's been languishing since we both lived at my parents' house, which is a while. And I said, do you? you? I can work on that if you want, get it done. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, she's going to bring it uh, next weekend so that we can talk about it. But there will be something for By the Wayside. I've really enjoyed sort of this this working on something that's been languishing, hanging over the head, I guess. And and also, you know, something a little different than the knitting and the spinning. It's been fun. So there will be something for By the Wayside. There will be something for my Saturday nights. Just don't know what it is yet. But the tapestry, the tapestry is finished. Thank you for joining me for episode 48. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 49 on November 30th, 2014. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion on Facebook or Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is by the fiber side.